Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. Amen. Anybody's heart open? It just makes you want to breathe, you know. There's this liberating idea connecting breath with spirit and inspiration, reminding us that our freedom is always available for us to claim at any moment and in any space, whatever the facts are. We just breathe into the reality that wherever we are, God is. Wherever we are, infinite potential is seeking to be expressed, and we are free. Wow, thanks. Just amazing. Which begs the question, at least in my mind, can two contradictory things be true at the same time? And if so, can that add value and meaning to our lives? Hold that question aside, because let's get back to the beginning. This is week number six, and it's our final week in our annual series of Sunday Talks in Small Groups entitled Unity Awakening. And this year, we have been studying together the words and the wisdom of the book, Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear by Elizabeth Gilbert. You may recall she wrote the book, and, and that became a movie, Eat, Pray, Love. And a lot of people questioned our decision to use this material this year for Unity Awakening. We're much more accustomed to far more serious and important books. But one of the things she says in the book is only when we become willing to, become, to be playful can spirit get serious with us. As we know in unity and throughout our New Thought traditions that there is no contradiction between seriousness and importance, might be a better word, and joy and play. They support one another in a cohesive whole. So in unity, we are focused on teaching spiritual principles that help people to have life and have it abundantly, to be free to live our best lives, to breathe without interruption, to appreciate the sacred in every moment, to be empowered and inspired to co-create a world that works for everyone. This isn't necessarily easy, I got to say, but the effort is life-affirming. It is love-based, it is inclusive, and it's always worth the effort. So therefore, our teachings in unity are not designed to keep any of us out of an eternal hell. We don't even teach that concept, although we have probably all had the experience of visiting that particular place in consciousness, and it just simply decided not to pitch a tent and stay. Because we know that this kingdom of God is already at hand. The promise of love and welcome and inclusion is already here. We just have to see it and just live from that point of view. And like a sculptor, just eliminate those pieces that are not a part of that reality. So in order to to have this experience of the beloved kingdom, the beloved community, what we have to do is come to terms with contradictory statements that can be true at the same time. So let's recap real quickly the process we've been through to get us to this point. So in the first week of the material, we looked at the concepts of curiosity and courage in living this creative life beyond fear. 
because creative living ultimately is what we are all doing. We are creating the masterpiece of our lives. We are our own life work. So whether you do music or, or cook or taxes or write government policy, thank you very much for that. It's an important service, uh, especially those of you who write the forms that you have to fill out. Anyway, so it's, we need to have curiosity to just be curious. Where might this idea go? How might this unfold? And then to be courageous in following suit. Because if you are living a creative life, and we all are, whether we know it or not, we'll have to be curious and courageous and break free from some structures we may have been born into or that the culture may have given to us or that maybe we just picked up along the way and we don't know where they came from. But spirit within says, I got to do something other than what I've been doing. Curiosity and courageous, courageousness go hand in hand, because you'll need both to overcome fear. And fear is a four-letter word, and we don't use that kind of language in the church house, I just got to say. But here's the other thing about fear. You know, a lot of times we hear speakers talk about, oh, we need to be free from fear. It's like, but I don't know about that. I don't think it's all bad. Sometimes it really helps us to avoid doing stupid things. But it doesn't have to run our lives. Fear, like anxiety or regret, can be lived with as chronic conditions. You know, a lot of people live with chronic conditions. Probably most of us have something in our lives that's chronic. It's not exactly perfect, but we learn to live with it. And we don't let it dictate the quality of our lives. So yeah, if you feel fear about something, as she says in the material, put it in the back seat of the car when you hit the road trip, and tell it to shut up, and it can't decide what we're going to listen to. But you know it's there. It's not going to preclude your joy or your creativity or your curiosity. And on occasion, it may come in handy. Like when you see that snake, do I pick it up or not? You know, probably better not to. Just let it go to do its thing, to live its best snake life. Second week, we looked at this idea of enchantment. We often say in Unity and New Thought, thoughts are things. And sometimes uh, divine ideas come to us. They're always coming to us. And sometimes they keep coming back to us as a nudge, as an inspiration, as an out-of-the-blue idea, as a synchronicity or a coincidence, or sometimes an intuition. These thoughts are encouraging us to live a creative life. We can say no to them. And they'll do one of two things. They'll keep coming back until you say yes, or they'll go on to somebody else. But we have to remember that the words inspiration and spirit have the same Latin root. So it was in our meditation, it was just in our song. And that word is spirare, meaning to breathe. So if we are to live, we must be breathing. And if we are living, then we are creating, whether we know it or not, or do it intentionally. We often say spirit is the breath of life. So we know that these ideas that come to us are coming to us to add to the quality of our lives. So we truly can create a life of abundance for ourselves and for everybody, always holding in our minds and in our hearts the common good. In the third week, we looked at the idea of permission. Many of us in life are waiting for somebody to say to us, it's okay for you to pursue your dreams. Or if you do start doing something, we are waiting for validation before we go any further. 
Well, if you've been around the block once or twice, and I think most of us have, you'll realize not everyone will give you permission to follow your dreams, nor will everyone be really happy for you that you're actually following your dreams. Meaning, you can't count on external permission and validation all the time. It's nice when it comes along. I gotta say, it's really nice when it comes along. But it isn't always going to come along. So that's why we must be willing to give ourselves permission to live our lives the way we want to. We must give ourselves that own, our own pat on the back when we know we've done a good job. Because if we're waiting on somebody else to do it for us, they may or may not follow suit. So don't make contracts with people they haven't signed on to. And she just says we have to remember to be our own best cheerleader, our own best ally. Because wherever we go, there we are. Then in the fourth week, we looked at this idea of persistence. That means just sticking to it. Because if you're going to overcome a problem in your life, and we all will, you're going to have to keep at it. Sometimes far longer than you think necessary, or far longer than seems fair. And if you're going to reach a goal of any importance or significance, you're going to have to keep at it. Because I guarantee you, something will come along that will say, not so fast. So we have to commit to our dreams and our goals. And remember that for everything, there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. Which means at some point, some of our dreams, some of our goals, some of our aspirations, we just have to say, you know, not going to happen. I'm going to let it go. But don't give up too soon. Or as we say in some circles, don't quit before the miracle happens. As there is power in commitment. And anything and everything is possible. I mean, anybody who's attained anything, a, a business owner, a refugee, a PhD, anybody who has attained anything or overcome a problem has had to persist. So let's persist. And most importantly, let's persist in prayer, which is another way of saying let's persist in knowing our connection with the, most, with the creative power of the universe that we call God or spirit, whatever languaging you want to use. It's always there. It's always here. Last week, we looked at this idea of trust and trusting that there will be a divine idea when you need it, trusting that there will be an inspiration when you need it. So I had an occasion uh, related to this at four o'clock this morning. That's kind of my special time. I think it was four. It could have been three. It might have been five. You know, when we do this time change thing, I don't really know. I changed my clocks early on Saturday. Drives Anthony crazy. It's like, because he walks in, what time is it? Ah, we got another. No, we don't have time. All right, change the clocks. And I, I, I like to prepare myself for major life changes. And this is one of them. And when it's going to be dark at five o'clock, I'm just going to be in prayer. I'll just tell you that right now. So I, I digress. So it was four-ish something o'clock this morning, and I, and I wake up and I'm having a dream, a dream about AI, you know, artificial intelligence, and its connection to prayer, which is related to this divine idea of trust. And I thought, where is this coming from? And I'm like, okay, God, I'm just going to be curious and see where you're going here. I'm just showing up here. My brain's awake. My body's not too happy about the idea, but let's just go with it and not make it a problem because I'm going to bed early tonight anyway. It'll be dark at five o'clock. So... 
So I thought about it. And we have this Google device a friend gave to us. You know, it listens to everything that's going on in the house. But it's sometimes kind of convenient. Hey, Google, set a timer for 15 minutes. And it sets a timer. Or, hey, Google, play Natalie Merchant on the radio. And there's that, there she is suddenly in our, in, our, in our living room. So I thought about it. And I thought to myself, well, how would we teach prayer to younger folks in our day and age. Some of us were born in the last millennium, so we're a thousand years old. And, and I thought to myself, there's a generation now growing up with talking things that are listening and in connection with artificial things that seem kind of realish. And, and I thought to myself, I got it. So instead of saying, hey, Google, because when I say, hey, Google, I expect it to give me an answer, right? Do you have that experience? Or, or you're talking thing like, hey, Siri, you know, you ask it a question, it's going to give you an answer. Unless it says, working on it, or, uh, or I found this on the web, or, you know, it gives you a message unless it just spits out an answer. So here's what I thought I would do. If I were going to go back and teach Sunday school and teach uh, prayer these days, I would do this. Hey, Spirit, what's the meaning of this situation? You know, I just kind of like begin my prayer a little differently. I just like talk to it like, hey, Siri, what's the answer to? Or, hey, Google, what's the answer to? And, and if I don't get an answer right away, then I realize maybe I should reframe the question because there are times I've talked to my artificial speaking device and I've had to reframe the question or rephrase it to get an answer. So I thought it's like that with prayer sometimes, right? Because I truly believe that there is this oneness and connectedness with all that God is all the time. And sometimes I get an answer right away to whatever's on my mind or in my heart. And sometimes it takes a while. And I realize that sometimes the reason it takes a while is I haven't asked a question in a manner that's appropriate. So, hey, Spirit, what's the answer to this problem? Or, hey, Spirit, what's the blessing in this situation? Or, hey, Spirit, what's the benefit to me for what I'm going through? Rephrase the question. Because you want to be sure to ask the question you want the answer to. Because I'm not ever going to ask the question, hey, Spirit, what's wrong with me? No, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to go something a little more positive. See, it's listening. I can see. It says right there, on it. It's, okay. okay, get off of it. It's still working. Okay, stop working. Stop. Google, stop, stop. <laughs> it's alive. It's like I remember like January, December 31st, 1999, we were wondering if when the clocks change, if the microwave would attack, but, but it didn't. But bottom line is, I trust in the goodness of God. Whatever's going on, the universe does not waste energy. And neither, uh, and we're wise if we don't either. We have a choice. We can, and I do sometimes, just for old times' sake, remind myself how much I don't like it. So that brings us to today's topic, divinity. It's the final section of this book. All of seven pages is what she devoted to it. In divinity, oneness reigns. Everything. The mundane, the sacred, the profane, and yes, the paradoxical have a place and they all fit together like a giant jigsaw puzzle. All the world's scriptures in some way, shape, form address this. Inviting people into have a unitary consciousness of knowing there's a place for everything. Not only is there a time for everything, there's a place. 
So when we think about what's a paradox, a paradox is a statement that may be so absurd or self-contradictory that when investigated is true, or a paradoxical situation is when there are two facts that are true at the same time. Anybody ever experience or run into any of these? All right, so me and Diana. Okay, so there's two of us (laughs) and a few more. So, like, consider these statements. If there's one thing I know is that I know nothing. If it's, this is the beginning of the end, or is this the end of the beginning? Deep down, he's really shallow. So here are the rules. Ignore the rules. Nobody goes to that restaurant. It's always too crowded. Don't go near the water until you learn how to swim. One of my favorites, the exception proves the rule. See, that's what I've been telling you. Welcome to the redundant Department of Redundancy Department. <laughs> or how about this one, saying in many workplaces, the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> or this conundrum, why do ships have cargoes and cars have shipments? I don't understand. Or here's one that is applicable to people in a faith community by Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, the French uh, Jesuit priest and scientist who said, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. From my point of view, both are true at the same time. We are all immensely human. Just check your, uh, pinch yourself. If it hurts, yeah, okay, I'm human. And we are all profoundly spiritual at the same time with the capacity to engage in these meditative and spiritual aspects of our lives that connect us to all life, to live in that state of oneness and to know that everything is connected. You know, that frees us from this notion of dualism, the thinking of either or. It's either this or it's that. There's nothing wrong inherently with dualism. It's not all the way, it's not all bad. It just has its limits. Dualism is about comparison and differentiation, splitting things apart. And that's really helpful, especially if you're working on the sciences or just trying to figure out how the world works. You got to understand how the parts fit together. It's really important. But dualist thinking isn't the only way to make sense of the world. When it's applied into everything, we run into problems. It's almost like realizing I have a hammer, so therefore every problem in my life is a nail. I'm going to dress it the same way. It's not how it works unless you actually have a hammer and you actually have a nail and you need to connect some things. Because some things truly are either or, but many are both and. Ancient wisdom traditions such as Buddhism and Taoism understand and teach the paradoxical nature of reality. And in New Thought Christianity or metaphysical Christianity or metaphorical Christianity, whatever you wanna, however you want to describe unity, we teach the same thing, that all life is connected, that multiple things can be true at the same time. Elizabeth Gilbert closes the book with these words, make space for all of these paradoxes to be equally true inside your soul. And I promise you, You can make anything. So please settle down and get back to work, okay? The treasures that are hidden within you are hoping that you will say yes. See, 
like in unity and new thought, when we pray and we all live in a life of prayer, we can acknowledge the facts of illness or discord or war or disease, but we can also know the truth that behind all of these things is a divine idea of life, abundance, peace, grace. We don't stick our heads in the sand and, and as if the problem isn't there. The problem is there, but the problem is not permanent or eternal. Love is permanent and eternal. Peace is permanent and eternal. Life is permanent and eternal. So we can know two things at the same time. And therefore, we can stay connected to the inspirations and the divine ideas that will allow us to not only know the truth, but to demonstrate the truth, to live creatively for ourselves and for the world and truly co-create a world that works for everyone. It's if the problem arises if we lose sight at the level of facts, which is why we encourage everyone to engage in our spiritual principles to relax into oneness, to breathe, to love, to share, and play. Life is too important to be taken seriously all the time. We must have balance if we want to have peace on earth and goodwill towards all. And we can do it. And that's how we use and experience big magic. Peace be with you and namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.